What's up, everybody, and welcome to season two of Fight the Good Fight. My name is Travis, and I welcome you into a new season with us, our second one. I hope you enjoyed season uh, one. And uh, as we look to season two, I kind of start with this. Um, do you remember Y2K, you know, December 1999 and the uh, world was about to come to an end when computers wouldn't be able to, to move over to 2000? You know, our lives would forever be changed, possibly. And it's, it's funny looking back on it now, but it was a serious situation at the time. And it brought a lot of legitimate fear to people all over the world. Fast forward to January 2024, and I kind of get the same feeling, but this time it's in the Christian community. There's like an underlying sense of panic and stress as to what is going to happen in 2024. Now, while I definitely agree that, that 2024 is a huge year uh, for America as a whole, uh, but, but when you look at it through the lens of the Bible, the, the times we live in really shouldn't surprise us nor make us very fearful. We see endless <laughs> examples through the, through the Bible where culture tried to impact the message of Jesus Christ. So so with all that in mind, I, I really want to take season two of Fight the Good Fight and, and focus on Jesus versus culture and unpack the, uh, unpack the relationship between God's kingdom and the world's kingdom. And so we'll be focusing um, mostly on Matthew chapter 10 for, for the first few episodes. So let's get to it. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 10 of Fight the Good Fight. I can't believe we're already here at uh, episode 10, uh, season 2, and today we're going to continue uh, in our new season of Jesus versus Culture. So last episode, we discussed the tension between God's kingdom and the world uh, as we know it in, in America, and the tension between God's kingdom and America's cultural content. Well, today we begin to talk about the shift from tension to the attack. And, and I, I hate to even say it that way, but I think it's true. And I think the, the faster we probably recognize this, the, the better we all will be. Um, so today is, is pretty much a declaration, just, just so you know, I believe that the days of, say, living an easy Christian life in America honestly have come to an end because there is a clear attack to literally flip the Word of God from being the building block of America and what our laws are created on and what our moral standards are created on and flipping that into being spun off to being the problem in America. And I, and I feel like most of us Christians that are aware of this Maybe we're in shock a little bit, maybe in a, a panic mode a little bit, but but I, I think as we just analyze this, we see multiple instances in the Word of God to where we have clear instruction and, and we're not left in the dark. And we've been camping out in Matthew 10, and we'll continue uh, inside Matthew 10 today, and we'll continue Matthew 10 uh, in the next episode. So I just want to, we'll start off with Matthew 10. We read the whole chapter pretty much last week, but I want us to focus this week, Matthew 10, 
verses 16 through 22. 16 says, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils and scourge you in their synagogues. You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. For it is not you who speaks, but the Holy Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. Now, brother will deliver a brother to death. Listen to this. Brother will deliver a brother to death and father his child, and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. This is crazy, but if you see, that that's the most sacred, I think, group as we, as we grow. I've got kids. I've got family. And, and to think that, that my child following Jesus would enrage me so much that I would commit them to death and, and vice versa. Man, it's, that's a crazy time that they were they were living in. And yeah, we may not be facing death, but I think we're going to begin to see families um, drawing a, a line in the sand and, and, and having a lot of family troubles, relationship troubles, because of the name of Christ. So we'll finish up with verse 22. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but he endures to the end will be saved. That's not very encouraging. No, but I, I think as as we look at it and, and simply put, following Christ is going to start costing us something in America. Before it didn't, I, I really don't, you know, but, but now I believe we see it beginning to, to cost us something, especially in the last few years. So, so number one, from tension to attack. So I remember growing up, especially like late middle school, through high school, and then college somewhat, that, that my beliefs as a Christian did not line up um, with what others were doing around me, kind of what the status quo was around me, what people were inviting me to, and the, and the places and, and situations I found myself in. in. And, and I remember this caused tension between me, it caused tension between my relationship with God and, and my relationship with all those different people. And, and this may have got me called maybe a few names or, um, I mean, you know, he's just that guy that's not going to go there. I was never called a holy roller or nothing like that, but people kind of knew where I stood and, and I had some, some tr- you know, I pushed back on some things and, and didn't go some places. I, I remember one time in high school that I didn't go to a party over the weekend and um, I used to make up excuses and stuff, but. I skipped it nonetheless, and because uh, I didn't want to be in that crowd, and I, I didn't, I just didn't want to be around it. And I remember getting back to school the next week, and one of my friends came in with a big eye patch like over his eye and kind of to the side, and, and the mug got hit in the bat. He got hit in the head, in the eye with a bat, and I remember. I mean, it almost knocked his eyeball out. And I remember, man, glad I missed that. <laughs> I'm glad I missed that, but that that's really the the tension, all the tension that I had. That hey, yeah, on a Friday night I may get left out, you know, on a Saturday night I may be sitting at home, but not one time was I ever attacked for my Christian beliefs. Now this is my, this is me, this is in my context growing up in the South in in, in America, but 
I was never and never have been realistic, honestly, till probably the last few years, attacked for my Christian beliefs. And I sure, you know, wasn't villainized like I see so many Christians being villainized for just taking a stand and living out their convictions um, for Christ. So fast forward today, and and, and I and I would say that, and you don't even want some. It's tough because. You don't want to be negative. It's a big deal because there's a lot of tension and there's a lot of truth, and, and we know we're being attacked. But but listen, our relationship with Jesus is going to cost us other relationships. Our our relationship with Jesus, our stand with, with Jesus, is going to begin to cost us job promotions. It's going to begin to to cost us even jobs where we can work. And in some cases, it's even we're even going to find ourselves in a new form of prison, and that's called litigation, to where we're being you know sued and we're being challenged in courts in America over our rights to worship Jesus. So there's no doubt that the tension we once felt has now become a full-fledged attack. I, I'm going to say it again. Tension has become an attack. And at any given moment, you, you, me, can find ourselves like Matthew 10, where it is costing us something to proclaim the truth, to, to live according to the Bible. So now t- today I, I want to narrow in really on what I would, it's such a big topic, but today I want to narrow in on, on a tactic that I believe Satan is using. And you see it, it's being driven down our throats and it's, it's, if we'll just do this, it will relieve pressure. We can we can get some breathing room, and, and maybe we can you know even keep peace. But but what the world is wanting us to do more than anything is to compromise. Compromise is the tool that Satan is using to tr- to trick modern day disciples of Jesus into giving in on enough ground to around, to allow the culture to dictate what is right and wrong instead of the word of god and so and so if if satan can get us as christians to compromise just enough to allow a crack where culture american culture the world's kingdom can begin to dive in and pressure and pressure and pressure now you have the world's culture the world is driving what is good and what is bad and not the culture of the kingdom of God. Why? Because taking a stand is very difficult when you're standing with an option to just simply compromise. If we can compromise, it's almost like sometimes we're, you know, in politics where we're trying to compromise one side or the other, but but the word of God doesn't compromise with anyone. That you you can't law you can't create laws to get around the word of God. You can't create laws to change the word of God. The word of God is the standard, whether we follow it or not, or whether we compromise it all. You know, compromise it. At the end of the day, God's word is still God's word. Matthew ten sixteen says, "Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves." Doves, and then Matthew ten thirty six. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. So we're going out every day 
into a world where there's wolves ready to pounce, ready to to show that that we're the ones that are bad, that we're the ones that are corrupt. That's the new attack. It, they want to destroy our testimonies. And here's the big thing. They're attacking our families as well. They're attacking our kids. They're attacking our family and friends. They're, they're attacking any brothers and sisters in Christ. They're trying to get you to compromise because this, this is where it gets tough. Oftentimes... We have to take a stand when someone that we love, that we're influenced by, that we respect has been compromised. And so think, think about it. When your, your kid, when your child is, is living a lifestyle of compromise, it is so much harder to take a biblical stance. When it's somebody that you admire and you look up to and, and they've decided to, to compromise, whether they even know they're compromising or not, all of a sudden that, that person is, is come off that pedestal that we put them on and now we have to look at it and say, am I, am I going to align myself with them? Because they don't align with the Word of God and it's an opportunity for us to compromise. Are we willing to sever a relationship with a person, whether it's a friend, cohort, whatever, where that relationship, that person has decided to move away from the Word of God as being the standard and they begin to compromise and even are we willing to give up our pleasures? The cost begins to to add up. Compromise is harder to resist as the cost gets higher. You know, sometimes sometimes we may have to leave a, a place that we work with a really good job because it's a place where it's compromised so bad that the Holy Spirit's leading us to leave. Sometimes it's you you can't support your favorite company. For us, I'll just call it like it is. We we choose and we choose not to support Target just based over their bathroom policies. Actually, before that, and we like that place. But for us, I'm I had to draw a line and to say I'm not going to participate and 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 give you my hard earned money so that you can make policies that that you're making. And so compromise hits home when it's close to us and it begins to cost us and it's hard to do now the other is affirming others compromise so number three so so number two is just when we compromise and number number three is when we affirm others compromising we, we cannot ever affirm in any way open sin that compromises the word of God. So so if we know there's a situation, if we know there's a person that is living in open rebellion against God and you know it and it's obvious, just us supporting, I'm not saying loving them, we love them, we care for them, we pray for them, but if if we affirm their compromises, what kind of witness is that? Now I'm not talking about secondary issues within the body of Christ. I'm talking about clear, defiant sin that the culture we live in is demanding us to normalize as Christians and treat it as the status quo. That, that, that's what the world wants. They want us to affirm their sin. They want, and sometimes, you, you know, it's, it's people closest to us. And, I, and I'll say this when it comes to affirming others' compromises. Our silence can affirm it just the point that we're not willing to to speak up especially when we have the opportunity look 
if, if we don't have the opportunity to speak into to a situation, I'm not saying running around picking fights with people, but I'm talking about the relationships that God's given you, that's closest to you, the opportunities that he's given you. There's plenty of them where our silence, where we just should, you know what? I'm not going to say nothing on this. I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay neutral. That does not represent the kingdom of God well. So Matthew 10 Verses 32 and 33 says this, Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before him, I will also deny my Father who is in heaven. If someone ask, if someone ask, tell them the truth. If you've got to step back and pray about the situation, dig in the Word of God, reach out for counsel, do that. But do not remain silent when God gives you the opportunity to speak into other people's lives as they're compromising. Another thing is our presence affirms compromise. Be careful that your compassion isn't misunderstood by the entire party to be affirming. Where we go and who we go with is more important than ever because we live in a very connected world to where it looks like if, if we go and, and we associate and we tie ourselves with people and with, with events that are an obvious compromise to the Word of God, then we're showing the world, we're teaching our kids, we're teaching our closest people that it's okay to support open rebellion, open sin against the living God by our presence being there. And then I'm, I'm trying to move quick, but the next is the you do you attitude and I'll do me. You go, you do you, buddy, and I'll, and, and I'll do me. I don't really care what you do. As for me, I'm going to do this. As a Christian, in our call to be the light into a dark world, and to represent Jesus Christ, there's nothing more dangerous than the you do you and I'll do me attitude. Matthew 10 and 27 says, whatever I tell you in the dark, this is Jesus talking to his disciples, speak in the light and what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. So, so what's he saying? Tell people the truth. Tell people about Jesus. If If a person... Is is willing to engage you. This is me. This is how I, I look at it. If a person is willing to engage me enough, then I don't want to give them some just blanketed, incorrect answer and say, "Hey, man, you go do you." No, here, here's what I'm going to do, and here's why: because I'm following Jesus, and I love Jesus, and He saved me, and He rescued me, and He can do the same thing for you. Don't ever walk away from the opportunity to speak Jesus. You don't have to have all the answers. And you may you may be presented with something that you don't have the answer to right now. That's great because that shows humility. But what you do is you go find the answer. You pray and you seek God and you come back and you give an account for Jesus. So as we get ready to transition into next week to where we talk about our official response to the attack, I would say some people experience tension 
some people experience more of an attack. It, it, it's it's just ramping up and it's all over the place. But but I guarantee you, everybody is going to feel tension and attack at some point. And, and what I would ask you to do as we close today is is look look in your life, look in your heart, and say, "Hey, is there areas in my life to where I would have a hard time standing on the Word of God?" That I would, I may, you may have some relationships in your life. You may have a work, a job that that you love, but but you know that the Holy Spirit has maybe been convicting you about that the the compromise required to keep those relationships, the compromise required to keep supporting the company, the 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 uh, compromise that, that are that's required to to keep fighting to try to make this where it lines up with a with the Word of God. I, I would I would just say. Stop and recognize it. Let the Holy Spirit begin to shape you and don't run from it, but deal with it. Compromise is going to destroy the Christian church. Compromise is going to destroy the body of Christ. And as we look to next week to where we put build a, an, an official response to these attacks, I just want to encourage you to, to look on the inside and be truthful and say, hey, is there areas in my life where I think I would compromise, that I'm just not sure I could stand on the Word of God. I want to pray for you. Father, we just love you, and we just thank you, God, Lord, that you're patient with us, that you love us, God, that your Word is true, and God, that your Word will not come back void. And Father, I just ask, Lord, that you would reveal areas in our lives, maybe weak spots in our lives, where, where if given the opportunity that we would be tempted, it would be hard not to compromise, God. God, and we thank you for always being with us, always leading God and directing us. And we just thank you for all that you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So God bless you, and I hope you tune in next episode as we talk about the response to tension and the attack that's coming on the American Christian. Thanks, and see you later.